we have been listening to the whispers of the prophet Isaiah during Advent about uh, a coming king, uh, a coming Messiah, a ruler, a ruler that we've always longed for. We know this in our hearts. We're longing for it. Um, we know it's what, what we need, that the darkness presses in for people who walk in darkness just like us. Uh, a light has dawned, a light has come, and it's a light to all nations. And so there's going to be freedom, there's going to be deliverance uh, for the people. There's going to be laughter and joy again in the house of Jacob because of Emmanuel. A sign is given, a child. Uh, and this child isn't just any other child. Uh, this child will be wise, uh, a faithful ruler. Uh, protecting, caring for His people. He's going to rule with perfect justice. And so as, as we hear that, and as we read descriptions of this uh, child, it really narrows it down. I mean, there's only one that this could be. Uh, this must be the Messiah. And um, so when we come to chapter 11 of Isaiah, it's, it's another whisper of this ruler, this Messiah. And so we're going to give our attention to the first 10 verses of Isaiah chapter 11. It says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he will judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion, the fattened calf together, and a child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea." In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. End of a section there in the prophet's word. This is the holy and enduring word of our God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are grateful that you would transcribe your very heart to us through your word. Lord, we ask you now to use this word in a way that only You can, speaking to our hearts and our minds. Lord, form us more into the image of our Savior, into the Word incarnate. Lord, we trust You and Your Holy Spirit to do this in us. Make us attentive now. That which is untrue or unhelpful, drive away, may not be remembered, but that which is true and good and right. Lord, feed us through Your Word. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am more than ready for 2020 to come to a close. Um, I think many of you could probably uh, agree with that statement. I mean, it's been a challenging year to say the least. Um, 
as individuals, as family, as a church family, we have been tested and tried you know, through this pandemic um, and, and really forced to ask, you know, what is most important to us? What do we really care about? What do we need not just to survive but to thrive in the, the season in which we live? Um, and so you, you take a pandemic like this, the, the quarantine, the isolation, uh, you combine that with the political season we've been in, the hostility, the diversity, uh, division, you mix in some racial tension with that. It's like the perfect storm for fear and hopelessness. Um, and, and, and so it's exposed so many things to us really that we take for granted, right? So many things maybe that we've, we've held on tightly to, maybe a little too tightly, like being able to gather, recreating you know, our mobility, you know, all of those things. And the Lord ex- exposes these things to us as a perfect Heavenly Father in the discipline of His children. And there, there are some who have concluded that, uh, that the coronavirus is God's judgment upon this land. I mean, really, it's world over. But upon this land for its immorality and godlessness that is rampant. And, and we certainly can't dismiss that idea outright, but it's likely a lot, a lot more than that. Um, we cannot fathom the mind of God and His perfection and glory and, and, and His ways. And he may, he may bring judgment and mercy at the same time. So this, this, this pandemic and the responses to it, it may be a rod of discipline upon God's people, upon the church. And we think about how we've, how we've turned from Him, how we've grown apathetic, just slow in our pursuit of holiness, how we worry more about comfort and security and the earthly kingdom building than we have about the kingdom of God. It may be a rod of discipline. But can we actually deny the mercy and the kindness that God has shown us through this? Amen. I mean, really deepening our trust in the Lord's provision. You know, I'm excited for the new year. I really am. But I do not regret what the Lord has taught us and shown us, you know, as a church family, as a people in this last year. Uh, and at this point, Isaiah's uh, prophecy, the hand of the Lord is stretched out against his people. Uh, they've been unfaithful, a rebellious people. And so, you know, that, that language of walking in darkness that we've heard. Uh, the Lord's using the Assyrians, if you're looking at me, they're that, that threat to the east. He's using the Ethereum, Assyrians as a rod of discipline uh, against uh, the people. But He's not going to let the Assyrians just do what they want to do, have their way with the people, because they're boastful and arrogant, and they're ready to grab as much power as they can and take credit for that power. You know, you give them an inch and they take a mile. Um, and so as you go through chapter 10, the Lord says He's going to lay low the Assyrians. He's using them, as a rod of discipline, but they're going to, uh, he's going to bring them down, remind them of who is in control, who has all power and authority. But it's, it's a difficult time for Israel. There's fear, there's uncertainty, uh, even a little despair under this rod of discipline. Um, and I asked a question last week um, you know, what does this world really want for Christmas? What would, you, what would you give this world for Christmas if you could give it anything? And I thought about it again this last week, and the answer to that is really pretty simple right now. Um, 
What this world wants for Christmas is an effective or as effective as we can make it vaccine for the coronavirus. Um, I mean, if, if, that, if we could just have a vaccine, right? It's everywhere. I mean, it really has been elevated, almost the savior status. You know, never mind the logistics and the storage and how you administer this and keep track of all those things. Um, it might provide some relief, some hope, drive away some fears. So we can get back to normal. The normal way of preserving our lives for as long as possible. Right? Is the vaccine the answer? Is that where our, um, is that where our hope rests as a church? Now there is certainly nothing wrong with the ethical development of a vaccine. Um, that too is God's kindness. way that He may you know, provide uh, for humanity. But is our attitude as a church any different than the prevailing attitude of, of the culture around us? Um, we give thanks to God for you know, a potentially effective vaccine. But is that what we truly need for Christmas? Um, our hope is different. Our, our hope is it's in a different place, and specifically a, a, a different person. And that's what the prophet Isaiah speaks of here in chapter 11. So it, it's part of Isaiah's vision, and he uses this prophetic imagery to help us understand this person uh, and his power. Um, we're in a season now where most of the leaves have have fallen from the trees, and so we are enjoying the evergreens. We're enjoying the, the pines and the firs and the spruces. I'm not sure what this one would be, but um, most of you have one probably in your living room or some room in the house, and maybe it's got some smell that you enjoy and the decorations. Even if you have to vacuum up the needles, this one you don't have to do that, but um, we do that in our house. Um, and in chapter 10, moving into chapter 11, the prophet's using imagery of trees and forests. Um, and it's, it's not a pleasant image to start with. You know, the, the wicked are going to be cut down you know, in, in rebellion against God. All right? We were setting up our tree um, last week. We have a, a star topper that goes on the top. Well, we had the very long spindly top. It was about this long and and that wouldn't work for our star topper. And so uh, Nathaniel took our, our hedge clippers and he just went up to that thing and you know, cut off a good six inches so that that thing would, would fit. Just lopped off the top of it. Um, this is what the Lord does with those who lift up their hand against Him uh, and against His people. Lops, lops them off. Um, end, of verse, or end of chapter 10 there. But then a new tree is going to grow. And that new tree, that, that shoot, is coming from the, the existing stump of Jesse. Okay, now Jesse is, is long gone, but how do we know Jesse? Jesse is the father of King David. So if there's a new tree growing from, from this stump of Jesse, that can only mean that there is another, another David. A, a new David is, is, is sprouting. Uh, and so this child, this, this anointed one, uh, not, not just another in the line of David, but it, it's a, a, a new, a restoration of David. Um, and it's going to reign in a whole new way than those from David's line. His reign would be perfect. His reign is going to be unending. Uh, we picked up our Christmas tree we like to go to the lot over here on 107 in North Hills. 
Uh, and I learned that those trees and the family that sells those trees come from a place very near Lake City, Michigan, which I have very fond memories of. So there's my childhood right here in Sherwood during Christmas time. Um, but you can buy the trees there, but they also have beautiful wreaths you know, that are up against the tent. And these wreaths don't grow that way. Okay, they take the, the boughs from the trees that have been growing for years and they, they form them into these wreaths. Um, so it's already there, but it's been you know, made into something new. Okay, the, the shoot from Jesse would be new, but coming from what's already there, coming from the lineage of David. But still more to this language. In verse 1, uh, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, but then we go to the, the bookend verse of this section in verse 10, and we read, In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples. Do you hear the difference? The shoot is also the root. So where's, you know, where's the root found? You can't see it. it the, the root is underneath to support the tree that is now growing. So this, this new David, this shoot, would also be the root of his own family tree. The beginning, the support, the, the life of the family in which he's going to be born into. I mean, that's a pretty important tree. Both the root and the shoot of Jesse. And the Spirit of God is going to indwell him permanently. He will be that, that, that perfect ruler. All righteousness, all justice. We have this picture of an ideal human, an ideal king uh, for his people. Faithfulness, righteousness, verse 5. The, the universal peace of God will reign. This is the shalom of our God. When all will be righted once again. There's one commentator who puts it this way. He says, the whole of creation is put back into joint. This is what this ruler will do. And the imagery in verses 6-9, through nine, it shows us this. What's the result? What happens uh, under the Messiah's rule? It says, well, it's like this. The, the wolf and the, the lamb, they're going to lie down together. And the leopard and um, the, the, the young goat... You'll find them together. So the, these predatory powers that would normally you know, devour their prey, now they're resting together. I mean, that, that's an amazing picture. Okay, it's a figurative description of what is brought about under the reign of this Messiah. The Messiah would bring peace. Peace among the nations. Among those who would never come together. Okay, they, they would never, never join on their own. And you have, so you have like the Assyrians and the Egyptians, the, the predatory powers. You have Israel and Judah, much like the prey. But the time is coming under the reign of this Messiah where they won't threaten anymore. Even Jew, even Jew and Gentile will come alongside one another, dwell together under this reign of the shoot and the root of Jesse. When we get to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, um, he really, really believed that as part of his ministry, this, this was being fulfilled. What we read of here from the prophet. Um, Paul is an apostle to the Gentiles. And so now the Gentiles can participate in the promises of God because of the root of Jesse. 
So Paul believes that he's spreading, spreading the reign of the Messiah um, even in his ministry. We find this in, in Romans 15. I want to read just a few verses here to bring this home. It says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, so we have several different references here, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him all the Gentiles hope. So this Messiah will be known the world over. His reign will be experienced everywhere. The entire earth will be filled with His glory. and The whole earth will be His holy mountain. So this is the church. The one people of God praising Him for all eternity. So, so the reign of, of Jesus, not yet fully realized, but it's here already. And His reign is expanding through every man, every woman and child who bows the knee in repentance and faith who joins the song of the redeemed, the song of salvation that we're singing in this season all year long. Um, Powerful picture of what the prophet uh, gives us here. So let's unroll this a little bit. How how does this intersect our lives at the end of 2020? Um, This new David has come in Jesus. The Word made flesh. So this, this Messiah reigns right now. This very moment. He is the Savior, but He's also the righteous King over all. King over your life, over my life. So let me ask that question. Do we bow before Him as King? You know, this, this, this word of the prophet really is a call of repentance. It's a call to the people. Maybe a call to us in this season to confess where we have sort of pushed aside the reign of Christ in our lives. You know, we, we've packaged up Jesus, perhaps. What we, um, what, what we believe that He can do for us. You know, in a nice little box, and then we, you know, we open it when we want to. Keep it in its place on the shelf. Send it where we want to, maybe. When we consider His, His coming this season, it should invoke in us hearts of repentance. Humility before God. He is King. We are not. He rules with power and majesty, authority. Um, we're, we're, the, we're the deputies. We're the ambassadors um, who take our direction. We take our vision. We take our orders from the King who made us. Orders on how to relate to each other as men and women. Uh, orders on how to express our sexuality. Orders on how to parent Uh, Orders on how to work and to play. Orders that flow from the very character of the King Himself. The wonder that this King would come for us. I mean, this is this is a wonder and an amazement that just fuels hope. You know, this this awe and wonder, awe and wonder of a way of driving away fear. Have you noticed that? You've noticed that if you've stood on sort of the, the precipice. I'm thinking of the Grand Canyon. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. I have not stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon. I'd like to someday. 
But when you're there, and this is the edge, you step six inches and your life is over, right? Without a, a barrier of protection there. But when you're there and you're taking it all in, just the, the majesty and the wonder of it, you, you tend to forget a very real fear that's there. Um, but you're taken in. You're, you're lost in what it is you're seeing. Um, in uh, chapter 10, verse 24, just leading up to this prophetic vision, the Lord says, O oh, my people who dwell in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian when they strike with the rod and lift up their staff against you as the Egyptians. The Lord is mighty to save. He will deliver. He saved His people from, from Egypt, the Exodus. There will be an Exodus from Assyria, He's telling them. Um, so at the end of this year, we go, we're going into to 2021, we need to hear this. Be not afraid. Be not afraid of those who lift their staff against you. Be not afraid for the state of the church. Be not afraid over leadership and legislation that may threaten. See the judgment of God overflowing in righteousness. A remnant will return. God's people, His chosen, His church that endures will be free to, to carry on its worship. So let's be among them, Trinity Fellowship. Okay, the church that endures in faithfulness and without fear. Another thing that we see uh, in, in this imagery is that it describes life right now under the rule of King Jesus. It's not complete. Fulfillment is, is complete at the second advent of the King. Um, but His reign over Jew and Gentile is expanding even now with the spread of the Gospel. You know, when we when read imagery, we, especially here in verses 6 through 9, we're often thinking future. This is, you know, this is a future reality, which makes sense because wolves and lambs don't typically cuddle up you know, with each other right now. It um, doesn't look like our experience here. Okay? There's a lot of, of pain and hurt and destruction that can cloud the restoration of the gospel. Because when you hear someone say, you know, I just can't wait for that day when. When the wolf and the lamb and the, um, the, the, the will lie down together, you know we, we can say we can say I hear you I, I long for that peace with you. Um, I don't know if those animals will actually do that when heaven and earth are made one, but that day is here right now in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, we even read about it places like Ephesians two. Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross killing the, the hostility. So the righteous judgment, mercy of God through the suffering of Jesus, that's what reconciles. A reconciliation that we, we cannot possibly imagine, kind of like a wolf and a lamb lying down together. So here, here's a call to the lost in the, in the imagery of this righteous ruler. 
the kingship of Jesus, that, that should be a part of our message of hope. Message that we share with family, friends, neighbors. And I wonder in this time if it's even a more helpful point of intersection when there is such a longing for sound leadership and real justice and perfectly effective, appropriate law enforcement. Okay? We need the righteous rule that can only be found in Jesus. That, that'll, that'll preach, as they say, in our message of, of hope. Um, something for us to model, a joyful um, submission to the Lord as King. You know, the Lord doesn't, doesn't hold us with an iron fist. He's freed us. He's freed us to, to desire after Him, to celebrate His rule. So much so that we get a little giddy about it sometimes. Our Savior is King. He's the leader that we long for. He's the leader that your unbelieving neighbors long for. You know, the Puritans, who weren't known for beating around the bush, um, they would say something like this. The one who would not have Christ as King to rule over them shall never have His blood to save them. Um, so, so we know what this world wants for Christmas. Uh, having a vaccine available is certainly not a bad thing. Uh, and it may be God's kindness in preserving His image bearers. But it's not where we place our hope in this vanity, to go back to the series in Ecclesiastes. You know, this breath of a life that we've been given. Uh, we need a righteous branch to free us, to reign for us. Um, and this vision in the New Testament fulfillment gives us that. God's not forgotten. The child, the root and shoot of Jesse, he's going to hang on another branch. A tree of suffering and sacrifice to repair, restore us to God. The suffering servant is our king. He's still on the throne. All his enemies will be put under his feet. That's our king. That's our hope. And now it's our peace forever as we go into this new year. So church family, take courage. Be not afraid. Let your hearts just swell with hope for this second advent. Because the earth is going to be filled with His glory. That day is coming. It is coming soon. Come the long-expected Jesus. So let, let's pray together. Lord God, you are, you, have, you are the ruler and You have given us the righteous ruler in Christ. The leader, the King that our hearts long for. Lord, we thank You for showing us, that, for painting a picture through this prophetic vision of what life in Christ is and can be. As You unite people from every tribe, tongue, nation under Your rule. Lord, hasten that day. Your glory will be known the world over. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.